Rachel, this last year for you has been quite incredible, full of ups and downs. Highest scorer in Northern Ireland's history, qualifying for the Euros, of course, BBC Sports Personality of the Year for Northern Ireland, only the second woman to receive the accolade, and now back to the WSL with Liverpool. Can you take that whole year in? If I was to say I'm going to break my leg in, in the first game of a playoff, you know, it's devastating, but then I look at the, the bigger picture and these things are meant to happen, they're meant to test us and it was meant to, I guess, bring the squad closer together and, you know, the sports personality of the year. Um, yes, you could say that's an individual award, but I think I said at the time, it's for me, it's a collective. Um, I would not have even been thought of if it wasn't for what the team had achieved. We win, we lose as a team, so me getting that award, it, it was fantastic to... I guess put the Northern Ireland senior women's team out there to win a league and, and be preparing to go into a Euros. I mean, it, it's a bit of a dream. You know, it's it's crazy when you think about it. It's been a fantastic year, and I mean, it's it's really kind of setting me up for hopefully what is a successful summer. Can I just as well ask you about the message you received from David Haley when you broke his record? What did he say to you? Yeah, um, he just he just texted us, um, which was you know a really nice touch, just to say, you know, fantastic achievement, well done, and just that you know he's sure that there's there's many more goals to come, and just well done for what we've achieved as like a whole squad, and you know what I've achieved personally because it's it's not easy scoring for Northern Ireland, um, you know we've, we've had some rough times in the past, and. Yeah, it's, you know, it was, it was a special, special moment for myself personally and it was a real special touch coming from a, a legend, um, David Healy. You've talked about how some of the girls are your best friends. Do you all keep in touch when you're not in camps? Yeah, absolutely. Like, some of us have been together on this journey within the squad for years. You know, I'm over 10 years now and some of the girls have been nearly 15 years in this mm -hmm. squad. And, We've endured so much together as a group and obviously then you bring the younger kids into that as well but just the things that we have gone through and how we've always stuck by it, you know, we could have thrown the towel in years ago, you know, when things weren't going well or we were just putting all this effort in and we weren't getting the rewards back because we were just constantly losing or whatever but we stuck by it and we give everything to play for our country, we give absolutely everything and um, to kind of get something back for all the work that we've put in. Yeah. We really felt that as a squad and I think that's a massive reason why we did achieve what we achieved because the togetherness yeah. that this group has, it's not like what the rest have. Mm -hmm. And you know, that pride and that passion playing for Northern Ireland carries you a long way. Rachel, can I ask you about the little celebration that you and Simone do? Where did that come from? It's quite funny actually. So me and Simone um, are roommates and I think she had, I'm going to say, a bit of a sleepless night one night because um, she says I was snoring but I was heavy breathing. So in training we just kind of, we were just messing about and so we've like, yeah, we've just been messing about in training, having a laugh and, you know, it's been recorded like me and Simone doing that and we've seen it and then we're like, oh, if we score, we're just going to do that. And then it's just kind of stuck from there every time um, one of us score. Um, we just do it and it's kind of stuck and now we've got a little gif and we got to get on well on and off the pitch and yeah it's nice to have that with someone. Hopefully we'll see lots more of those celebrations. 
tell us about the campaign for anybody at home that isn't aware of how the campaign went. When we went away to Wales, um, it was just phenomenal um, how off the back of that defeat against Norway, we're going in big, big game against another home nation and just the instant reaction that we had. and. We started to see that you know this is starting to work you know this is we really really bought into the process and we got such an unbelievable result and that was so pivotal you know going into the rest of the campaign because we had managed to get such a good result there against mm -hmm. wales and then you know we had some crackers obviously belarus away uh going down to 10 men for any scoring having to hold on you know that's one of the best moments in the campaign was the end of that game because we realized from that moment that it was in our hands, this was in our control. If we want to get to the playoffs here, it's on us. Mm -hmm. And I think it was just for the first time we all believed that we can go and do this. And it was just such a, a fairy tale story, just from how you look at that very first game against Norway and how you know people would have looked at that and seen that we got hammered and we're trying to play out from the back but we're not good enough and how we just trusted that process. So all of us on a, on a little iPhone were watching the end of the Wales game and when we were that, all watching on one phone. Yes, uh, we were all crowded round. Some of the girls didn't want to watch it. It was it was a very you know nervy moment. It was it was more nervous than the game we just played. It was I can't, it's hard to describe the the feeling of. of of us all waiting for that full-time whistle and when that full-time whistle went um, I'd actually love if the camera was was in there because the eruption in, in the changing rooms was was unbelievable and it was actually such a special moment for the group and I think there was a few tears there was hugs there was bottles flying everywhere everybody was jumping all over it was Girls, it's in our hands. We can actually really do this. Um, so that that moment right there will will live with me forever. And then, of course, you had the two games against the Ukraine. Because again, you're going into that as underdogs. Did you always believe as a squad we can do this? Uh, you have to. You know, when you reach something like that, like a playoff. I mean, it's something that none of us had ever experienced before. But you've got to go into it believing that you can. Otherwise, what's the point in being there? Um, Naturally, our whole lives we've been underdogs and we knew going into that that we were underdogs and we knew that no matter what happens, what we had achieved to date was already incredible. But I think, you know, once you get to the game itself, you've got to believe that you can go and do it. We were within touching distance of something incredible. Um, and I think the gap between the two games was probably the hardest part. Yeah. I think you almost just wanted to play the game straight away. Um, because you don't want to get too excited. You know, I remember at the end of the first game, Kenny's screaming at us not to celebrate, don't celebrate. Yes, I remember watching that Yeah, finish. because we were all like, you know, this, you know, we're within touching distance here. He but, was going like this. And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, stop celebrating. So then we, it just felt like an age between the two games, you know, because you're so close and you just want to, you want to start thinking about it, but you can't because you've still got another massive 90 minutes ahead. and. Um, then obviously we knew what we had to do and everyone was just so focused on what we had to do and then when we done it, just when that whistle went, the, the feeling is just, I, you just can't believe what you've just achieved yeah. and it was just, you know, one of them moments that you know you'll remember for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. that was definitely that night. Mm -hmm. Definitely a goosebumps yeah. moment, even for people who watch it back. Because that's the thing, there was nobody in the stadiums. Do you think that took a little bit of pressure off you guys, the fact that there wasn't crowds in the stadium? Yeah, do you know what, I think it did. I think. 
I remember outside the ground, we could hear people honking yeah, the horns <laughs> and people were, were gathering So you outside. felt that support even though you couldn't see it Do in you the know stadium? what, we, we did and we all did throughout that build up, you know, the messages that we were receiving and just the levels that the fans were going to to try and show their support even though they couldn't physically be there was just phenomenal and you know even that night just hearing them all outside like you just wanted them to come in and be able to just celebrate with us. When you look back at the campaign how do you feel? I feel proud um, I feel like I'm glad I didn't retire <laughs> you know like because that obviously when I've been in the setup for as long as I as I have, and you know we're just turning over campaign after campaign, and you know when you don't, when you can't really see that that growth, I guess, um, you know, coming to the back end of my career, um, I was maybe thinking, do I focus focus more on club football and kind of prolong my career in that way, and it would have been, you know. The reason I didn't retire from Northern Ireland was because it would be a tough decision. But you know, it was something that I did. It did cross my mind, and you know, then Kenny come in and for a breath of fresh air to where I think we needed as a whole group. And it's it's actually crazy sitting here saying that we've qualified for a major tournament, and I don't think it's quite sunk in. I know we've spoke about it a lot over the last few months, but. I guess until we walk out in our first game at the tournament, I think that's when it'll really hit home kind of what we've what we've achieved. How do you feel about all the group games being in the same place? Do you think that'll benefit you all being in one area and being able to focus or would you like to have travelled around? No, I think it's brilliant that all three are in one place. It means that in terms of getting the fans over and just setting up camp in one place, yeah. I think that'll be exactly you know what if you could have planned something, that's what you would want. Um, so I think that that's going to be phenomenal, and I think you know getting the fans over in one area, I think you'll really feel that. You know the Green and White Army will naturally take take the whole place over, and they'll be heard and they'll be seen. They'll definitely and, be heard. So what's the aim then? You know, I want us to go into this tournament and cause upsets. You know, everyone's just going to write us off. We've always been written off, but, yeah. you know, who's to say we can't go and get a result here? You know, why not see how far we can go? Um, so I think ultimately for us, that, that's what it's all about. And naturally, you know, you want to try and score at yeah. the Euros. You know, you'd take anyone scoring, of course, but... Um, but you'd it, like one yourself. Of, co <laughs> of course, you know, to get a goal on that stage would just be phenomenal so you know to say I've dreamt about it would be true uh, I think we all have. This team is going to leave a legacy is that what still motivates you? Yes it is I, I'm going to say you know family and making my family proud and you know still carrying my granddad's memory is, is you know is motivation and, and always has been for Northern Ireland but I think more recently, a little girl flew over from Northern Ireland to to watch one of my Liverpool games, and she actually was over again for the for the trophy lift. And I didn't actually I didn't realise the impact that I'd made and that the squad had made on the younger generation. And yes, we have sold out Windsor Park, and the the fans have went you know from the hundreds to the thousands quite quickly. But I think when when that that little girl flew over w with her family and come to one of my games and she had my name on the back and the back of her shirt, I think that motivates me to 
to continue and you know I didn't have a role model a female role model growing up when I was younger so the fact that I am to that little girl you know that that's motivation enough for me because mm -hmm. you've been part of the setup since 2005 what was it like when you first met up with the squad what was the setup like I mean if we can talk about oversized kits um, <laughs> maybe paying for ourselves to go to Portugal for a friendly tournament. Um, I remember when the, the fixtures come out for the qualifying campaign, I sat in the office with my boss and, you know, we had tw 25 days holidays and with all the, the games in Northern Ireland, I think you were talking, I was going into the 30s and he said, look, I can't pay you for, for them, but I can, I can allow you to go and pay it. I wasn't letting nothing kind of stopped me representing Northern Ireland and it was it was a lot of stress, a lot of unpaid leave but it was it was worth it to obviously represent your country. That is an absolutely incredible sacrifice. I'd sacrifice that all again because we have got young the young girls coming through now in the squad. So I remember making my senior debut when I was sixteen and there was no one there was no one coming through. So I remember me Ashley Hutton, Sarah Mack, Julie Nelson, we made up the senior team because, you know, everyone had to go into work, the, no one was full time. Yeah. The sacrifices, I guess, when you were getting a bit older, it was too much to sacrifice mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to pay your mortgage, yeah. you have to think of outside of football when, when it isn't paying. Um, and, you know, I'm thankful for the, the, the trail break trailblazers that did sacrifice to to keep the senior women's team alive. You joined the team when it was just newly reformed because they'd taken yes. three or four years off. You look at that team then, it was it was made up of 16, 17 year olds and, and then a few, I guess, Sarah Booth, um, who took me under her wing and I guess, you know, Sarah Sarah done a lot for me and I remember Sarah picking me up from the airport when I was coming over as a little 15 year old, old girl kind of not having a clue and, and really taking me under her wing and like looking after me and, and I guess showing me how important it was to play for Northern Ireland but also showing me the sacrifices that she'd made and for me wanting to follow in them footsteps and, and really carry on their memories and for everything we've sacrificed I think we, we deserve a crack at, at the top and to play in a major tournament. Simone, you have been here since you were 18 years old. I believe mm -hmm. you came to university. Was that at Liverpool University? Um, so yeah, I came over when I was 18 and I went to Edge Hill. So it's just outside yeah. Liverpool. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I came over, obviously signed for Everton first and then started university in the September. And what did you study? Uh, I did sports coaching for three years and then I did a master's after that. And you're doing a PhD? I am, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what are you doing that in? Um, so it's in the sociology of sport. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm doing a part-time at the moment, so it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> so how long is that then, if it's only part-time? How long is that going um, to take you? I've done about two and a half years at the moment, and then I've kind of paused it for this year because I'm busy. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> and you've just recently got married mm -hmm. as well. Congratulations Thank on you. that. How was that day? Because you got married in Northern Ireland. I did. At Dunluce, yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh, lovely. So um, obviously we planned everything. Um, it took us two years to plan and then COVID happened yeah. and we had to change everything within like two weeks. Um, so I was adamant I didn't want to change the date. You know, we'd been counting down for Aww. years with it. So, um, 
somebody I knew had actually got married up Dunluce and gave me the idea and literally everyone pulled together and we made it happen and it was just amazing it was just one of them days that you'll just remember forever it was so special when you go away you appreciate it more yeah you know I never appreciated where I grew up or anything until I moved away and you start to miss it and you realise how beautiful it is, especially up on the coastline. You yeah, know. just right on your doorstep yeah. as well. Um, so I think when I look back, you know, I'm glad that it happened that way and I'm glad I got married there because I wouldn't have wanted to change it. So we still haven't managed to get away on our honeymoon. Oh. So obviously I booked it for this summer, or last summer, sorry. Taking to Southampton? Uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we had it last summer and then obviously we had to cancel it and I just said, I'll push it back a year. And then I was like, oh, I'll push it back another year, I'm busy. <laughs> So uh, eventually yeah. you'll get that. Yeah, it'll be worth. It'll be worth it. You yeah. know. So can't wait for that. Your husband must never see you. No, I know. Well, he does. He does say it. He's like, "Oh, you're away again this weekend." I'm like, "Aye," <laughs> but it's just we've just got to use the time that we have available and try and make the most of that. Mm-hmm. Your family are from Northern Ireland. Your granddad, whereabouts in Northern Ireland is he from? So my granddad um, was originally from Belfast. Belfast. Um, my mum was born in, in Northern Ireland, um, okay. a little place. It's near, it's near Londonderry. He was obviously a big influential figure in your life and we've heard mm. you talking about that previously. Did you go on visits to Northern Ireland to see your granddad? Did he come over to where you were or what was the setup at the time? Yeah, so my granddad actually moved away from Northern Ireland okay. um, when he was in the army and met my, my nana and... and Set up, set up life in England. Um, so from an early age, my my mum got brought over to England, and we all got brought up here. Um, my granddad did promise us that he would take us to Northern Ireland to meet all the family. He used to go over every summer with his car, and I just remember he used to drive on beaches. That kind of just that memory sticks with us. Um, and he said he'd always take us over, but unfortunately he passed away when I was 15 mm-hmm. so I didn't get that opportunity but um, yeah he always I mean he was a proud Irish man like he loved Northern Ireland and you know just I remember him speaking of it when I was younger and obviously when I had the opportunity to, to represent Northern Ireland yeah. I, I couldn't turn it down carrying on my, my granddad's memory which is you know something that means a lot to all of us. Yes I might not have been born in Northern Ireland but I, um, you feel Northern Irish? Yes, yeah. yes, um, very much. You know, accents aside and all that, I really feel proud um, of what I represent and, you know, the people I resonate with. It, it feels like home, it feels like a part of me, so it makes us, you know, very proud. What was the um, team that you all supported as a family? Was it Manchester United? It was Manchester Good. United, but then my brother decided to change and he's now oh. hardcore city oh so <laughs> you've got now, to what keep age, that what age did he change <laughs> he must have been about 14 i would say that's quite old to just change allegiance it to was team. but it wasn't even that he just changed he went extreme oh, like right. extreme and you should see him now and you're still friends though <laughs> yeah <laughs> whenever the derby used to be on he used to be upstairs and we used to be downstairs <laughs> what about other sports growing up did you play anything else cross country i think i was Northern Ireland cross country champ at oh, a time wow. or something random like that. Okay, don't just throw those <laughs> facts out there as if it's so casual, we'll need to find that out. I remember I used to be playing county football, but um, through my school I had the cross country race, so I had like my shin guards on and my kit, and I'd be like, right, be right back, I'm just going to go run this race. And I was running in my boots and my shin pads. <laughs> and you still won? And I won, and then I had a run from like the finish line up to the pitch, and then the game was waiting on me, and then I just went oh straight into the game. And I look back, I was like, how did I do that? How did I have the stamina? How did I do that? Yeah. 
when when I do retire I want to make sure that I've left Northern Ireland in a better place than, than when I found it and that is being a role being a role model um, and and showing girls the pathway and showing them that that it is possible. Don't talk about retirement yet. <laughs> it's too soon for that. <laughs> do you know what? When I was reading about you, what age was it when a doctor told you that you probably could never play football again because you literally had no cartilage left in your yeah. knee? Is that right? And that was a long time ago. No, it was. And look, those knees are still fine. 15, 16, 17, 18 years ago, you know, it was quite a long time ago. And I just went in, I'd hurt my knee over a number of games and after months and months of taking the impact on the knee, one day it just wasn't okay, you know. It was very much, oh, we're going to go in, we're going to operate and, and clean up the knee and, you know, as a, as a young girl, you just, okay, you're like, I'm in the best hands, yeah. you're the specialist, you know what you're doing. Um, I guess I was just a normal person, just going into the NHS yeah. and the, fi the fixing money, it gives a quality of life, not, not necessarily to go and play football yeah. for the next 10, 15 years. He brought me in a room and said, look, I've removed some of the cartilage, but I've had to take a lot and the rest will kind of disintegrate over a few years. So. And straight away I was like, so what does that mean for football? Bit teary and he's like, oh, well, you know, I suggest that you don't play football again. And trying to take that as, as a young girl, I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, look, if you play football, you'll probably need a knee replacement by the time you're 30. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm 33 <laughs> now, so... And I actually had two, I think it might have been two and a half years out of the game yeah. um, to where, you know, I can obviously openly honest and, and talk about it now to where, you know, my mental health took a hit, my overall um, wellness, how, how I was looked after myself just wasn't okay, but my diet wasn't great. I wasn't eating or doing the right things because I just thought, oh, I can't play. I can't exercise yeah. at all, that's me. And, you know, I was probably going through a bit of, you know, depression with it, not kind of realising. Like, now I can look back and go, yeah, I was maybe in a bad place, but I don't know what happened. Like, some switch, you know, went, uh, it was maybe two, two and a bit years in, and I was like, you know, I just started to go to the gym, started to try and run a bit more. And, and I guess over what I've learnt over the last, you know, five ten years is how to manage my body how to manage my knee and Ashley Hutton and um, she played for um, Leeds Met at the time and I played against her and she was like like Rich you know come back and play for Northern Ireland and I was like you know it's gone like I'm not at that level anymore and I remember um, you know a couple of days later I got a phone call off Alfie being Oh, I've, I've spoke to Ashley, she's, um, why don't you just come to this friendly, we're playing against Scotland in a couple of weeks time, just come up, you know, no pressure, and I was like, look Alfie, I'm not at that level anymore, and, you know, I guess, I couldn't say no though, I remember, oh, you'll get 10, 20 minutes, I think I must have played the whole game, I actually scored, I think we got beat 2-1, and it was like a snowball from then, like it was, the, the hunger was back. I was like, you know, if I try and look after myself the yeah. best I can, it's, I can still play at a high level. And I guess it's shown over the last, you know, however many years I still can with understanding coaches and, and great physios. So That's absolutely an incredible story. It actually made me feel really yeah. emotional that at 15, 16, 17, you thought football's over and yeah. look, look at where you are now. That's absolutely incredible. I think we need to wrap those knees up in cotton wool for a little bit of bubble wrap for the next couple of weeks.
Who were the idols then for you growing up? Um, obviously being a United fan, David Beckham was my hero as a kid. Um, I used to be a winger, so obviously when I was a kid growing up, and Beckham was the best in the world at whipping a ball, so he was always my hero. Um, but I suppose didn't really have any female role Long models to no. look up to, you know, and it's not because there was none, we just couldn't see couldn't them, see it them, wasn't yeah. accessible for us, so all my heroes were men footballers, so I think that's the beauty about now that young kids can actually look up and yeah, see that there's female role models out there, yeah. which is just good to see. That must make you so proud to look at that and see that those girls do have that pathway that you didn't have. Yeah, exactly, like I've got a little niece and she's only five and she's already in a pathway. And it's is, is this your brother's job? Is she a City fan or a United fan? City. Oh no! There's not much we can do about that one. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, I look at her and I look at the opportunities that she has that I didn't have. You know, I was five and I was just having to roll my sleeves up and crack on with the boys. Yeah. Which I suppose wasn't a bad thing, but it's just so nice for her to have the option that there are girls teams. And, you know, that starts right from she's what four or five yeah you know and that's it her whole journey could be mapped out for her if she wants it to be whereas that just was not available no. for me i know so it's, it's incredible nice. to see thank you very much to rachel and simone for joining us for our last episode i hope you really enjoyed the series and getting to know the girls what's left to say is we're on our way to southampton